More than anyone else, the person who has most clearly shown me the light of Christ was my stepmother, Diane Keiko Tanaka. Which is an odd thing to say since my stepmother was Buddhist. My father always said she was a true Buddhist. She and my father got married several years after my parents' divorce and were together for over 20 years until her death in 2011. I didn't know my stepmother well. She and I were together face to face maybe 10 times, not many. She was very kind, gentle, and friendly, but not too friendly. The last time I saw her was at lunch, my father and her, and my sister and brother-in-law and niece and me, at a Korean barbecue restaurant in Honolulu. My Japanese-American father loved Korean food, especially all-you-can-eat barbecue. He was a big man. Diane had just finished a second round of chemotherapy. She had been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer, and at the time of the diagnosis, she had been told she had only a few months to live. Yet, there she was, over two years after that diagnosis, at the restaurant, smiling and laughing and chit-chatting as if we were old friends. In that moment at the restaurant, I felt her selflessness. Does that make sense? I felt her selflessness. There she was, most likely near the end of her life, asking us about our lives. She asked me whether I was taking any trips anytime soon and whether I enjoyed visiting Paris because I had taken French in high school. I knew so little about her, and yet she knew that over 20 years ago I took French in high school. I had never experienced such sincere kindness. She wasn't trying to prove how well she knew me. She was simply, truly interested in me. In her presence, I felt the light. I believe in that moment she revealed to me the light of Christ. She, a true Buddhist. I've been studying Buddhism. A little over a year ago, I picked up a little book by Thich Nhat Hanh, the late Vietnamese Buddhist monk. The book is called Beyond the Self. It's a short book, about 50 pages, and I feel I could continue reading it and learning from it for the rest of my life. You know those kinds of books? In it, Thich Nhat Hanh talks about selflessness. He writes, At the center of all wrong perceptions is our idea about self. We think there's something called a self. There's a me and a mine. We have the idea that I exist and that there are things that belong to me that are mine. But who is this self? Does the flower have a soul, a self within it? 
Does it need a self in order to be born, to open and to fade? Does it need an I in order to exist? For there be, to be rain, there does not have to be an I. Rain happens. You don't have to ask who is falling. When we hold on to wrong perceptions about self, then we allow our ego, our self-centeredness, our self-pride to get in the way. When our ego gets in the way, then we mistakenly think we are a self separate from the world instead of as we truly are, closely connected to the world, as deeply connected to the world as the flower is to the soil and sun and rain. When we see ourselves as separate and not connected, then we help add to the suffering in the world. For suffering occurs when we stop seeing that we are all connected. Amen? Self-centeredness leads to suffering. Selflessness leads to peace. Selflessness leads to peace. Christian teachings also talk about selflessness, as you know. In Matthew, Jesus tells his disciples, those who lose their life for my sake will find it. We might say, those who give up their life, those who let go of their ego, their self-centeredness, for the sake of Christ, will find life, will find peace. From the prayer attributed to St. Francis, for it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. We might say, for it is in dying to ourselves, in letting go of our self-pride, our self-centeredness, that we are reborn into a world free of suffering, a world full of peace. We might say, selflessness is a death of ego followed by a new life of peace. Selflessness is a death of self-centeredness, followed by a new life of peace. Today's reading from Acts is about death and new life. It is a story about Tabitha. In Aramaic, Tabitha means gazelle. Do you know what a gazelle is? It's like a deer or a small antelope. We can imagine Tabitha with long limbs like a gazelle, always moving, always pushing herself to keep up her graceful, lean body. The reading tells us that Tabitha made tunics and other clothing. We can imagine her making garments, overseeing every little detail to create flawless, beautiful tunics. When Peter shows up, the body of Tabitha is lifeless. It has been washed and laid out. Her friends, weeping, greet Peter and show him the body. 
Look, such long limbs, so fit, so firm. But the friends know, and Peter knows, that Tabitha was more than her graceful, lean body, and that all the washing and anointing will not bring her back. The friends hold up the tunics for Peter. Look, such perfection, such attention to detail. But they know, and Peter knows, that Tabitha was more than her work, and that clinging to a bunch of beautiful tunics will not bring her back. Peter kneels and prays, and then he says, get up. And Tabitha opens her eyes. She sits up, and then with help from Peter, she gets up. Her friends rejoice. They know, and Peter knows, that Tabitha is Tabitha, not because of her body, not because of her work, but because of her spirit, her energy, her light. Of course, we don't need to imagine that Tabitha's attention to herself, to her body, and to her work was self-centered in an unhealthy way. That most likely would not be true. As the reading tells us, Tabitha was devoted to good works and acts of charity. But we can use our little imagined scene to remind ourselves what it means to be truly selfless. When we are truly selfless, we let go of all our ideas about self. I am not my body. I am not my work. And so on. For me, the journey toward selflessness has meant reminding myself I am not my professions. I'm a certified public accountant. So much of my understanding of who I am is attached to my being a CPA. And yet I haven't worked as an accountant in many years. I'm also an ordained minister. So much of my understanding of who I am is attached on a deep spiritual level that involves my understanding of my relationship with God, so much of my understanding of who I am as a minister is attached to my being a minister. And yet I haven't worked as a minister in several years. At first, not finding work as an accountant or minister was very hard. I was angry. I was depressed. I felt completely lost. And then thanks to Thich Nhat Hanh's little book, I realized my ego was getting in the way of seeing who I truly am. I let go of my attachment to being an accountant. I'm still a CPA, but I let go of the idea that my being an accountant defines who I am. I let go of my attachment to being a minister. I am still an ordained minister, but I let go of the idea of my being, that my being a minister defines who I am and defines my relationship with God. I stopped clinging to those tunics. When I gave myself permission to let go, 
I was led to a greater and deeper understanding of who I am, closely connected to the world. I am the flower connected to the soil and sun and rain. When we allow our ego to die, we are led to new life. We are led to the light and we see with full awareness that we are connected to the light and we are the light. I don't know much about my stepmother, Diane Keiko Tanaka. For most of her life, she was a single woman living with her parents until she married my father. She worked as an accountant at a travel agency. She loved to travel. She was an active member of her Buddhist temple. She was not a political activist. She was not an artist or a writer. She was not a professor or a founder of a nonprofit organization. Simply, she was a true Buddhist. And she was the light. 